Greetings all. Greetings, 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 everyone. Chief Yuya podcast. And of course, um, I'm Chief Yuya, right? And we are at our 79th segment. I wanted to build with you on something uh, rather, I'd say rather briefly um, in this particular session. And I wanted to just kind of look at the anger that we carry just for a moment um, and how it affects where it is that we're trying to go, how it affects our ability to transcend through other languages and other other levels of, of consciousness and other places that we can get to automatically if we're not um, still distilling anger within our systems. You know, um, I know that there are people who've reached out and shared with me that when I do these segments that they end up with a lot of notes and a lot to go over and they listen and they listen and they listen, which is great. That's how you should learn and study. You know, some things don't come immediately. Most good things don't. And sometimes it's our, our arrogance that doesn't want to accept that, you know, that yeah, you may need a little bit more time with this one or, you know, this one may be, it may be beyond where you are right now. And all of that is perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay. But, um, I decided what I would do was I would make this one a bit simpler and even shorter so you can soak it up like you'd like to. So, you know, anger is, uh, is a, is a, it's an interesting thing in the Western world because we're told in so many different ways and in so many different uh, sort of um, contexts that it's always justifiable or, or not always, but it can be justifiable. And sometimes we will even glorify people who are quick to anger. You know, they're quick to, they're who are quick to launch off and quick to set things off on people as if that is um, a desirable and um, admirable trait, you know? So sometimes we don't really understand how the relevancy of the times that we're living in should always be what we superimpose upon what we do, right? Many of us are walking around with beliefs and those beliefs do not produce relevant conduct, conduct for the times that we exist in, you know? So something is uh, like knowing how to deal with a powerful emotion and manage a powerful emotion such as anger is very difficult because um, some of us have not looked at some of the things that have taken root within our psyche or which lay dormant inside of us and which are always looking for that trigger. You know, we begin to search for a trigger when we're when we are people who accept anger and in particular who um, accept the overbearing of the ego, then the universe will always produce situations where um, we can express that. You know, we can, if we want to be out of control and we want to be destructive, then we'll always be within situations where that will be answered. You know, that, that potential for us to be that way or to behave in that way is always present for us. So sometimes we don't realize how uh, our emotions like anger can make things worse or how the anger that we may have can feed and consume 
other energies that we may want to have. And that, that consumption eventually will extinguish, extinguish our spirit. You see, it is our destructive kind of emotions, which we begin to burn up the good energy that's within us. And it won't allow the uh, energies that we would want to bring forth that bring us happiness and bring positive experience to us. It doesn't allow those things to flourish. You see, often where anger can extend from is how we relate to people. I spoke recently on uh, the clubhouse segment and I just took a moment to express my posturing and disposition as it relates to weak spirited people. And in particular, weak spirited people who seek to absorb information and resources from this beautiful community of Anu and then ghost when they are confronted. There are times when people can um, develop resentment towards other individuals, not because that under that other individual is intellectual or collected or conscious, but because they are more intellectual and more collected and more conscious than they are. And they always have the potential to bring uh, the truth to them. So there's an ind indignation that begins to rise up in people when they know that they are around others who have the ability to show them their own addiction to error or who can show them truth. So then those people become the problem. Often when people have very small spirits, they will always make people who have the truth or who possess the ability to remove them from a mental stagnation. They will develop a resentment towards them. And that's a weakness within the spirit of those people because they're not able to compare their, their, their conduct to the truth when they are in the face of conviction, you see. And a lot of this are, or a lot of these things become the triggers for anger. And we begin to justify the anger through the dysfunction of the human condition. And we have these emotional reactions that we begin to create as a sort of uh, system and pattern of responses. So it starts to become in our mind, there's all these systemic injustices that we're always facing. And that is, that allows us now to hold this righteous indignation, you see. But it's just not the truth. There's hardly ever a time where anger is appropriate, you know, beyond a few milliseconds because it should quickly move into action. If it's there, and it's not to say that the masses of people or individuals don't get angry, that that is going to happen at times, at times, and then eventually it won't, because oftentimes our anger is a result of what we consider to be personal offenses, and we hold the anger because we don't understand the value and the power in releasing anger. Uh, when it comes to a personal 
offense. Now, when someone is um, offending or affronting our divinity, that's something different, right? If they're if they're of, of, uh, offending our divinity, we really need not do anything because divinity will take care of itself. But our pride will always keep us from using anger as a default and looking for revenge as a default, looking for striking back as a as a default because we're seeking to protect this delusion and, and this of grandeur and superiority inside of our feel inside of our our heads, which really is our facade that covers our hurt feelings. You see. So we we always think that it's okay to run quickly after someone who does something, you know, not realizing that often if you sit with anger for a moment, it will evaporate because that's typically how it works. It will, it will evaporate in time, you know, if we don't allow it to channel and release through our spirit, through detuck, through um, destructive behaviors. And again, like I said, there could be a an affront against what we consider to be divine, but that matters so very little because divine takes care of itself. We don't have to try to fight against that. You see, there is a, a proverb, proverb eleven seventeen, which speaks about the kindness of a man, and it it you know paraphrasing it. A kindness of a man benefits himself, but the cruel person brings trouble on himself. You know, so when we have this kind of cruelty within us, where we're always looking to turn every offense into conflict, turn every hurt feeling into strife, it creates a cruelty within us. And what happens is we begin to alienate ourselves from other people, which leads to other other sorts of, of sicknesses within us, you see. So the key always is to use discretion. And discretion is just our ability to make a wise choice. Because what happens is that when we, we, we can use discretion or we can use anger, right? Now, those would be the two um, conflicting or contrasting Emotions that might work against each other because anger is temporary insanity. You know, like when someone is uh, arraigned in court and they're brought in and they may put in a plea of temporary insanity, right? And saying that in that moment, I, I was out of my mind. Something happened and I really did not have the ability to um, really use the competency that I would normally have. I was temporarily insane. Well, another word for temporal insanity is anger. And when we are consumed with it, we make demands. We become very hot-headed. And most importantly, we misjudge. And often our retaliation towards another is out of proportion to what actually has happened. You see? And most of the time, when we act out of that, out of that, that misproportion, what we do can't easily be ended. You know, we do something to someone that we can't easily take back. You know, I have been in the middle of that many times. And the thing about it, because I've been asked about this many, you know, a lot of times, like, man, if that was me, if that was me. And, you know, people say that and they, they say it 
kind of in a patronizing way. Oh, you're a better man than I am because if that was me, well, yeah, I am better than you. I am more evolved. Absolutely. Because you can only evolve when you learn to use wisdom and discretion in the face of offense. And after a while, it becomes a, a very glorious and sort of um, joyful and spirit-filling practice when you're able to overlook personal offense, you know, and you create an opportunity to forgive, right? And what happens in that moment is that your life begins to open up more. Now, I know it's usually when we say things like that, there has to be a counter. I forgive, but I don't forget. There always has to be a counter because we we want that but. The but brings us back down to the planet. I forgive. We start to ascend. But I don't forget. But. All right. Well, let's go back down to the earth. I can forgive and forget. I can choose to do those. They're both a choice. You know, I don't easily forget. I easily forgive because I understand the temporal na um, nature of life. You see, and I also understand the power of my retribution. And the power of my retaliation, it may be much more, you know, when we speak about someone who may retaliate or, or do something that's out of proportion with the sin. I'm one of those type of people who goes all the way. There's no just only off and on. There's no gradation. And that's not a good thing. That's a problem. That's a dysfunction. You see, so as a result, I've learned to to glory and enjoy being a peacemaker and becoming good at being a peacemaker, you see. And in that way, I'm able to resist wickedness. When you look at um, Proverbs 12.25, heaviness is in the heart of a man, make it, it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. You know, now what that's speaking about is really our, our ability to um, move beyond sharp words and move towards good words. And that that's also dealing with us not alienating ourselves from other people. When heaviness in the, in the heart of a man maketh it stoop, you know, it, it just speaks about sometimes how we may go inward. We go into this depressed, quiet space, you know, where we start to really internalize what we consider to be wrongdoings against us. Instead of choosing peace, instead of choosing love, we just internalize and internalize and internalize. And sometimes when we find ourselves around those who may actually want the best for us, who may actually love us, we'll hear a good word. We'll hear a kind word. We'll hear something that's encouraging towards our higher self that will take us out of the lower sinful nature and presents an opportunity for us to practice grace. An opportunity for us to practice not to not default to resentment. You see, to learn how to not strike back all the time because we feel like we need that measure of self-protection. You see, and for some, again, it's, it's not an easy thing. I understand that, you know, um, but I, I can promise you in times, in time, it becomes a fun thing. Something happens and you're able to smile and say, it's cool. 
because you're, you're not a fool at that point. You're not a proud fool. Only a proud fool always feels that blows have to be thrown, you know, or insults or sharp words have to be given whenever there's an offense. That's a proud fool. You know, and, and the fool is, is a person who does things out of vanity. So there, it really produces nothing. But there is a great glory in being a peacemaker. And, and there's a great go- glory in learning how to forgive. You see? And that doesn't necessarily mean that you overlook or allow things that pass over you that are compromising you know, or that are are an affront or wickedness against your rightful divinity. I'm not speaking about that. There are still cosmic and divine rules that um, we enforce and that will still be enforced. But most of the time when we're offended by something, it's, it's minor. It's small transgressions that just may provoke us or irritate us. It's very rare that, you know, we are being chased down the street with a, a lead water pipe, you know, and saying, I'm going to overlook this. I'm going to overlook that. You know, it's that's that's a rarity. Usually it's something that somebody says or a bit of hostility that we may b- pick up in someone or how someone may be plotting against us and things like that. So then we plot against them. You know, we then allow um, lower feelings to rule our heart. You know, we do all these things that are contrary to grace. We do all these things that are contrary to wisdom. And most importantly, so many things that are contrary to discretion. And once we're not using discretion, we can't be trusted. That's the reality of it. And it's not an easy thing. You know, you think about um, functioning when we say letting things pass over or moving above and beyond things. See, for me, I what I picture, and everybody has their own picture, you you decide what your picture is. My picture is always going up. So a lot of times when people seek to attack me, I'll evolve myself even in that moment. So you're not attacking me anymore, right? But see, think about what happens in the moment of, of going up. Just to give you an example. If you come to attack me, and let's say I am a, you know, my body and my personage is a vehicle for my soul. It's a vehicle, and vehicles run on fuel. And most vehicles, when they are used in a way where they are exerting a lot of energy to especially go beyond where they currently are, like to another level, they heat up. So I often have the image of a rocket ship in my head. And when I'm seeking to go out of this world into a higher world, then I take my rocket. Now, what happens is, you know, just based on the laws of physics and what I'm pushing beyond, um, what happens is that I create fire and I create light, you see. So creating that fire and that light just in the propulsion of me taking off, then there's many things and many people that may be burnt away as a result, you see of me taking off. It takes a lot of energy to transcend to another world, to transcend transcend to another space. Some people are unwilling to expend that much energy. They want to go to another world, but they don't want to, um, they don't want to expend the amount of energy that a rocket would. 
If you think about a rocket, you know, how much fuel is required, how much brain power is required, how much staff is required for you to leave the atmosphere. So if the atmosphere is one that, you know, is full of strife and is, is full of attack and I have to leave it, then I'm going to expend a certain amount of energy, but now I'm in a new world. And chances are, if you got too close, you got burnt up by my flames anyway. I didn't do it on purpose, but I had to get out of here. And you decided that you wanted to be in the way of my old platform, my old aura. When you look at James 3.14 and 16, it tells you that, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart's glory not, and lie not against the truth, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. So what that's speaking about, um, I'm speaking about many things, but where your spirit of anger actually comes from. You see, that wisdom that causes you to, to go against the truth, it doesn't come from above. It comes from, from underneath, from the central, from your senses. And it says it's deadly, you know, because for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So anytime I'm operating in envy, I'm operating in strife. Anytime I'm operating in those pieces, you know, and I'm glorying and, and, and I'm going against the truth or if I'm bitter, you know, like it says, if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not. Like don't, don't pat yourself on the back because you, you're live. You know, I, I see that so often, unfortunately, with young people. And I, I can't just say young people because I was one of those young people at one time myself. But, you know, when you're from a certain place, especially if you're running, um, if you're running with other rough and rugged people, you always want people to know that where you're from is live. Whether it's your block, whether it's your, where New York is, it could be your building. You know, you shouting out your building number. You know, I'm from this building. You know, we, we do this, we do that. I'm from this block. We do this, we do that. I'm from this city. We do this, we do that. I'm from this part of the city. We do this, we do that. I'm from this state. We do this, we do that. And we glorify that level of strife and evil, you see. And like James says, you know, glory not. That's not what you should be proud of. Because that spirit that you're keeping of that constant, um, I'll pop off, I'll punch someone in the face, I'll smack the crap out of someone, I'll curse you out, whatever it is, it's coming from a devilish place. It's coming from underneath you, but not above you, from your guru nature, from for your higher nature. So now when that envy and strife is present and there's confusion, there's, there's evil in every work. So, or there's, there's every evil work. So that means even the work that you're doing in that state that you think is good is actually evil because of that state of strife that you're remaining in because you weren't able to let something pass over you. You see, you weren't able to distinguish a personal offense from a divine offense. I'm not worried about divine, divine offenses. I don't even think about them. It's, you know, it's not, it's not my problem. It's not my problem at all. Um, whatever some, whenever someone is offending against the divine, um, the divine has been here much longer than me. They can handle that. You know, you don't, you don't need me for that. 
unless they say, hey, I need you to take care of this, but that typically does not happen. You see, when you look at Proverbs 19 and 11, the discretion of a man deferreth his anger, but it is his glory to pass over a transgression. You see, even when you look at 12, 12 says the king's uh, wrath is like a lion, like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is a dew, you know, upon the grass. A foolish son is a calamity of his father and his, and the contentions of his wife and are a continual dropping. You see, there's nothing cool about walking around being angry. Nothing. There's nothing cool about it. And especially as you get older, the, the more foolish you, you appear in truth, you see. There are certain things that we learn in silence and we learn when we're able to bring down things down to a certain place, you know, um, that meditation can be a huge help and, and surrounding yourself with spiritual people, with spiritual, not just spiritual people, spiritually uplifting people and spiritually uplifting activities and things you see. So when you start to immerse yourself in practical wisdom and, and practical thinking ability, you start to get to, to, to a place where you can start to look at even practical ways to consider your own priorities that may cause you to decide if I want to choose anger or not. You read uh, Philippians 1 and 10. And it says, um, make sure of the more important things, right? That's priority. What's more important? Is it more important that I flip out right now? Or is it more important that I look at the important jobs and the important obligations that I have in my life? You know, am I tracking what I'm doing every six days or every seven days before Sabbath? Am I tracking what I'm doing every month? Am I tracking what I'm doing every year? And am I looking at better ways to utilize my energy or am I allowing it to be burnt up, you know, because of envy and strife? Am I making sure that I'm prioritizing my downtime so I'm not walking around agitated all the time because I'm tired? You see. When you look at Proverbs 12, 20, no, I think it's 25, where it says anxiety um, in a man's heart weighs him down. You know, so going back to what I had kind of said earlier, but that's just speaking about, you know, being around people who will share a compassionate word with you. You see. These things are so very important when we're looking to transcend and go to various levels of consciousness and not just stay stuck to the earth where all things are sensual, where all things are based off of off of feelings. You know, like I said, our personage is a vehicle and we can use it to move ourselves from here all the way to eternity. We can do that. But we have to think about, well, how, how would that happen? Well, or how would it not happen? There's certain things that if we put inside of us will destroy the engine, the vehicle. You see, you could run your car on rubbing alcohol. For a few minutes, then you damage the engine. 
You see, you'd have to put the right fuel inside of your car in order for you to get to where you need to go. If you have sediment that's in your in your engine or even in your gas tank, you know, over the years, um, especially with the older tanks, they develop rust in them, and then that rust gets into your gas line. You know, that's why over the years, if you have an older car, it's best to always keep at least a quarter tank in the car. Just like you drinking, if, if you're drinking something and there's sediment in the bottom of the cup, when you get down to the, the lower parts of that cup, you know, you almost finished it, you're going to start drinking whatever was in the bottom, whether it be pieces of fruit or dirt or whatever, backwash. Well, a car is the same way. So if you have an older car, you know, it's probably rust in this gas tank. Let me always keep a quarter of a tank in there so I'm never sucking up that old rust. You see, some of us have old rust and sediment inside of us that we haven't allowed to evaporate and dissolate out of us. And it's causing damage to us so that we can't use our own vehicle, our own selves for for its proper purpose. You see, sometimes we live within a world and we have other instruments that allow us to do certain things, but we take our body and we violate the laws. We violate the laws of physics. We violate the laws of morality. We violate the laws of our Elohim that was assigned to us who said, this is how your body works. This is what you do not do with it. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. You can, you can, instead of putting, um, um, 10 W 40 in your car, you, you can put, um, olive oil in your car. You can, it'll work. You can put corn oil in your car, but it, it, it doesn't, your, your 10 W 40 and your pins oil, it burns at a much higher temperature. Your olive oil will be burnt up in a couple of minutes from you running your car. And now you're running your car dry. You're going to, your engine's going to seize up, but it will work for a little while. You see, but the manual didn't tell you to do that. So there is a proper way that we use our vehicle. And when we devote it down channels of destructive emotions, we begin to damage our opportunities to use it as a rocket to go to those other worlds and to transcend where we're at. You see, because in that we're not able to clean our karma. You know, our karmas are basic, what you sow, you're going to reap. You know, if, if you, um, take some cherry, cherry seeds and you put them in the earth, you're going to grow a cherry, a cherry tree, right? You're not going to put cherry seeds in the, in the earth and then grow an, an orange tree. It doesn't work that way, right? So there's, there's a cause and then there's retribution for that particular cause, you see. And when we're not putting in the proper causes, we're going to get improper retribution. And sometimes, like I said, we'll be upset with people who can remind us of that. We'll become very bitter and angry. You know, again, like I said, not because those people are smart, but because they're smarter than us. And that's the actual problem. You see. We can erase karma. At least those who are highly proficient in their, their conscious and spiritual walk. They can help you to erase your karma. You see. But they, they can't do that or won't do that when you're filled with strife, when you're filled with envy. You see, then you'll be left with your present karma and you will just continue on your life and 
um, your good energy won't be able to live there. Your goal of your spiritual practice should always be to get off of this world. Now, if I'm getting off of this world, where am I going? I'm going to the kingdom of God. I'll just use that term for those of you who understand that language. I'm going to the kingdom of God. Now, does that mean I go, I'm going to the kingdom of God when I die? No, not at all. Not at all. You see, through your wisdom, also through your practices, you become a better person in this life that you're living. And that wisdom and that discretion qualifies you to be in those higher worlds or what we call um, those higher realms. And the higher up you go in the realm, certain things no longer exist, but you have to deal with them in the lower realms. You know, now that I'm a bit older, I don't have to, when I want to write a letter, I don't necessarily have to grab paper that has guidelines on it. But when I was a little boy, I did. I needed those lines to understand, you know, where my letters should stop, where my, you know, capital letters, how big they should be and how big my lowercase letters should be. But I don't need that anymore. So it's the same thing as when you transcend to higher levels. There's certain things that no longer need to exist. You don't even have karma when you get to higher levels because it's not necessary. But in order to get to those levels, you have to have a, I'll say a proficiency Proficiency beyond the mastery of what karma is, you see. And you're not necessarily predetermined to reach a certain level. That's why the work is necessary. You can move slow through life or you can move fast through life. You know, you can be strong or you could be weak. It's it's up to you. You see. There are so many ways that we can go beyond where we are, but um, there are so many people who are envious of our ability to go beyond and our free will and our free choice. And sometimes, honestly, we don't even utilize it because we get stuck in what we call excess baggage. You know, our past karma becomes our imprint that we never let go of. You see, sometimes past life karma becomes our present karma. And then it becomes our future karma because we haven't learned how to travel through those astral worlds and astral realms, you know, and there's so many fantastic gifts, gifts that we have, but we allow things like anger to keep us from our true nature of consciousness and our true nature's nature of consciousness will take us beyond intelligence. It, it takes us in a place of wisdom where we, we know things in a so much more detailed and discerning way than we did before. You know, we, we begin to truly understand why we're present in in the world. And there's the different degrees of understanding. Just like when you go to school, you have different degrees of, of learning. It's a very abstract kind of um, awareness, if you will, those higher levels. But you can guarantee that there is tran- tranquility and there is blissfulness and there is peace, you see. And I'm not talking about a perfect state. See, that's where the kingdom is. Many are not in the kingdom. Many of, of the gods are not even in the kingdom. Because many of your gods are still very unsophisticated, still very young. 
and dealing with their own level of strife. You know, and that comes out in how they equip themselves to do things. You see. When you find your teacher who will help you to release these things and you're okay with them being smarter than you, being wiser than you, then you come into a place where you recognize that they can help to take you to that higher level and they can do it faster. You see? And when you have that level of faith, if you still have a doubt and if you still have not gotten into the power of the light that you give off, like that rocket ship gives off, so I was telling you about, you know, and you're not, when you're still afraid of that and the sound and the roar that it, that it makes, um, you won't get anywhere because the light and sound that's coming from an individual is really your measurement of their mastery of consciousness. Some people, when you, when you hear their voice, you hear a lot of things. And when you see them, you see a glow because they're in their ship. <laughs> they're taking off. Even they could just be sitting there having a conversation with you about different kinds of, of jelly, you know, but you like, no, this, there's something, there's so much more here. There's so much more light and sound that's being projected in this moment than, than maybe what others may be aware of, but I can see it and I can feel it, you see. And a true master or person who is a bit more proficient will have that ability to impart light and sound, you see. If they can't do that, then they are truly not a master of anything, nor are they are a higher proficient student of anything. Because your roads to higher consciousness are created through light and sound. Anger blocks that out. Okay. All right. So like I said, I was going to make this a short and simple one. Willfully it was. I'll, I'll, I'll get feedback or you all please, please free, free, feel free to share feedback, you know, in the, in the reviews and stuff. And, um, let's see if this one was a little, little, um, more quickly. <laughs> And practically, practically digestible for you are, for you all. I know it's a big subject because there are, there are many aspects of the divine creator and originator that we couldn't imagine. And the higher we go, the more and the more, the different kind of loves that we experience. You know, sometimes we feel we experience violent love and strong love and so many different things that we, we learn to understand, um, neutral love even. Um, it depends on just what we can take, what we can bear as to what's going to be revealed to us. Cause there's so many different degrees and levels of, um, love. And sometimes the understanding and the, the wisdom is so strong. We feel like it rips us to pieces. It's not a bad thing, but this has been chief. You, I want to thank you all for riding with me. And I will be also this Thursday. I will be teaching again on uh, enlightenment and transformation at YouTube channel. I did a, uh, I did one last strong and I did a segment on, um, the Boulay society. Okay. And, um, 
my dear brother El Karar is still uh, indisposed at this time, so he asked me if I could cover for him again. So I don't know what I'm going to speak on. So okay, I can't, but I didn't know last time either. I came up with that uh, maybe an hour or two before the segment began. So um, same thing this one. I'm not sure yet, but it, it'll be good, you know, because we'll be together and we'll be sharing words of encouragement and, and wisdom with one another. So, you know, if you want to check that out, I would encourage you to. Uh, that's, again, the Enlightenment and Transformation channel on YouTube, you know, and um, willfully you'll meet me over there. I'll probably go on hmm, probably about 7.30 Eastern. Same same time I did last time. I went on to 7.30 Eastern last time. I'll probably do the same thing um, if nothing comes up, you know, and uh, yeah, we'll have a good time. All right. Talking about the history of stuff of something. <laughs> I'll come up with something. All right. So, again, I want to thank you all for writing and, and um, learning and growing. And please continue, you know, to um, give your feedback and reviews and things like that and Amazon reviews and all that stuff. And let the world know, you know, share a good word, share an encouraging word. People need that more than you might imagine. And sometimes folks are, are um, because of the fronts that people put on, they're a little bit embarrassed about their inability to postpone anger, you know, or to, to postpone offense so that discretion can step in and think. So when you, when you share, you know, more of these messages and good words and things like that, it helps people to, from resorting to the temporary insanity of anger. All right, everyone. Be well. Peace. Chief Yuya out. Thank you for listening. I just want to remind you all that you can now send questions for the up and coming season of the Chief Yuya podcast to questions at chiefyuya.com. That's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S at chiefyuya.com. C-H-I-E-F-Y-U-Y-A.com. Also, if you'd like to contribute in any way to our Red Wrap initiative for displaced women, head over to anulifeglobal.org forward slash Red Wrap. That's A-N-U-L-I-F-E-G-L-O-B-A-L dot O-R-G forward slash R-E-D-W-R-A-P. If you'd like to join my ministry, Anu Life Global, Go to anulifeglobal.org, A-N-U-L-I-F-E-G-L-O-B-A-L.org, and click the join link. You may get sponsored by me or one of our other uh, members. If you find that these podcasts have helped you in any way, please leave a review on iTunes. If my books have helped you in any way, please leave a review on Amazon. These podcasts, along with my my music, can be found on all of the streaming platforms. Thank you, and keep putting the work in.